In a world where magic is everywhere, monsters are real, and inhibitions are non-existent, Atlantis is the most coveted destination, and pirates make all the rules. That's right. The Dangerous Tides Kickstarter is live. We're bringing you six brand new books from authors like Katie Robert and C.M. Nascosta. These ultra-spicy fantasy books feature sirens, kidnappings, aliens, disguises, monsters, sex magic, second chances, and so much more that can't be mentioned in polite company. They combine otherworldly adventure with sweeping romance in a way that will keep your heart racing from start to finish. By backing the Kickstarter, you can read these books this month. Of course, we've also got foiled special editions with sprayed edges in hardback and paperback, gorgeous art, and swag, which you'll have in your hands this fall. The Kickstarter will be over in the blink of an eye, so don't miss it. This is the only place you can get these special editions and swag, not to mention getting the ebooks five months earlier than they're available to anyone else. This is your invitation to unlock the secrets of Atlantis. So click the link in the show notes and enter at your own risk. Welcome to Bonkers Romance, the podcast that celebrates fearless romance creators with as much enthusiasm as we possibly can. I'm Melody Carlisle, and Jenny isn't here for this recording. So that means I get to steal her thunder and tell you all about our April Temple books. If you're in the temple at the Joybringer tier or higher, you're going to get advanced ebook copies of Tanked by Mia Hopkins and A Little Bit Dirty by Willow Winters. A Little Bit Dirty is a small town second chance romance whose hero has a super filthy mouth and a delicious possessive streak. And Tanked is the third book in Mia Hopkins' East Side Brewery series, which features the Rosas brothers, who Mia describes as all formerly incarcerated ex-gangsters running a brewery in East LA. Listener, this series is so hot you'll steam up the windows reading them. Jenny told me about a scene in Tanked where the heroine uses a belt on him and let Let's just say I'm thrilled to be offering both of these masterpieces to book club members in the temple. And today, Roxy Noir joins us to recap a super mysterious, paranormal, historical MM romance. It's so bonkers and sweet and satisfying. You know what? I'm gonna stop talking now and just get to it. Yay! Oh my god. Hello. We're terrifying. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I'm so excited to tell you about this book. But Roxy, we have to talk about you first. Oh no. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the things we like to find out from everybody is, what do you consider to be bonkers? Well, I guess I think of non-bonkers romance as 
though like romances where things that could more or less actually happen are what happens in the romance and bonkers is like kind of everything else it's those books where you read where you're just like is this really happening Mm. is this really this is this is all happening and i it's 2 a.m and man am i still reading this like it's happening and i'm buying it and i'm in and i'm enraptured yeah exactly like there are plenty of books out there where bunker stuff happens and i kind of forget about it and don't ever finish the book because i just like never think to pick it up again but like the really great bunker romances are the ones where you like some really crazy shit happens and you're just like, I need more of this. I need 10 more of this. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It sort of like grabs you by the throat and it's like, no, you're here now. Yes. It's very authoritative. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Stern sometimes. It's nice. <laughs> I really hope this is all coming from the book that we're going to talk about that, uh, <laughs> oh my that it God. exemplifies these qualities. Uh, sort of not really it's not it's not as like balls out bonkers as some of the stuff you guys have talked about um Mm. like there's no i was listening to the the spider person with the like Mm. the dick that you guys described as and i could only imagine it as like one of those kong toys for dogs with the like three (laughs) yes that's like that's what i imagined and i was definitely like Huh. <laughs> that is I'm never going to go out of my head now. Never. <laughs> but I believe that it is. I mean, this this book is definitely bonkers, right? But it's also, it, it strikes me like Mannix, Jenny, where mm. it's bonkers, but it's like soft. And there's mm. intrigue and there's capers and stuff. It's but like so you feel sweet. so good the whole time. It's the sweetest. Like all of Jordan L. Hawk's books are just like, this, they're so sweet and lovely, and I love them. And also bonkers. Like, they're bonkers, and, but like... And fucking hot. And hmm. hot as fuck, yeah. That is such a sweet spot where it's like, it's bonkers, but it's also soft. Oh. But it's soft without being like, like, it's still... Because to me, soft is sexy. Like, the two aren't at odds. No. Like, it... You oh, know, not at all. It's not like, yeah, so... Yeah, absolutely. Okay, should we should we get into it? Sure. Yes. Are you ready? I'm After... ready. Let's do this. All right. Quick updates. <gasps> oh, yeah. Updates. Oh, hey. It's Temple Update time. This month, we're back on our bullshit with Katie regaling us with more fertile in my ex-boyfriend's dungeon. And I can neither confirm nor deny that we discover an actual hard limit for Katie. Hannah Witten is also going to stop by to give us all of her best spooky season wrecks. In book club news, everyone in the Joybringer tier and Celebrant tier can download their ebook copies of My Wicked Prince by Molly O'Keefe and the entire audiobook collection of Court of the Vampire Queen by the one and only Katie Robert. Finally, Joybringers and celebrants can check out all the digital art we've created for the temple. It's all on one convenient page waiting for you. If you want to get in on any of this goodness, head to bonkersromance.com temple and sign up. All right, back to the show. And we're back. Okay, Roxy. Holy shit. Okay, so we read... What did we read, dude? It's called... I'm blanking. Oh, Unhallowed. That's the one. By Jordan L. Hawk. Yes. 
It's my very first book that I've read by Jordan L. Hawk. And I got to say, I'm a fan now. Big fan. It's great, right? Yeah. Like I, This was also my first Jordan Hawk book. So I read this one on a Tuesday. And I think by the next Tuesday, I had read 15 books of his. Excellent. It was, I made a choice. I made a lot of choices. I made 15 choices. <laughs> No, I hear you. I hear you. But, but choices there's are made. Yeah, right. There's something really, really magical about like the bonkers vortex, you know, like where you mm-hmm. just get like caught up and you're sucked mm. in. And there's like you, you, you sort of made a choice, but did you? Like, did you have a choice but to mainline all 15 books? Well, like I feel when like we talk no. about going into the Dixon hole, the Dixon it's like hole. that. Like, mm-hmm. you exactly. just, you're not coming out. You might as well right. just ride it out and go yes. deeper and then come out the other side. I, the only way out is through. Yourself. Yeah. Okay. So it's a historical paranormal. Yes. And it's MM, yes. which I was very excited about. So we've got Ves. Vesper is his name. Yes. And he's on a train and he's going to a town called Wittershins. Wittershins. Wittershins <laughs> is the name of the town, <laughs> yes. which I loved it's <laughs> like every time i read it or i heard the audiobook person say it i like sort of giggled a tiny bit i don't know why it just seems like such it's an a outlandish kind of goofy name. word but it's really yeah. fun to say right yeah <laughs> okay so he's on a train and he's trying desperately to make sure that nobody notices he's a monster like a literal monster literal monster he is monstrous and he doesn't want anybody to know it and he looks over and he sees like a mom and a kid and he sees the the kid being like, mommy, mommy, like I want to tell you about this cool thing. And he's shocked that the mom doesn't like backhand the kid. The mom just like looks down and is excited to hear what the kid has to say. And he's like, weird sauce. Okay, cool times. And then this really gregarious guy comes over and he's like, oh, I'm a salesman of brushes or vacuums or something else that's appropriate and historical. Brushes. This, oh, I should t- say this takes place in like New England in 1910. Yes. So that's, here's your setting. Continue. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so he's like trying to make conversation with Vess and he he's just not having it. He's like, I've got a job to do. I've got places to go. And that's it. And so he tells the person that he's going to Wittershins and immediately the guy like blanches. And he's like, oh, my God, like, just so you know, I don't know if you know this, but but it's said that nobody there respects the laws of men or God. And he's like, hardy har, he's thinking to himself, I was raised by an actual cult. So, like, bring it on. Like, whatever these sweet people have to do, we're going to be fine. (laughs) Okay, now they're talking about a comet. Oh, yeah, Haley's Comet. Haley's Comet is coming like five days from the beginning of the book, I think. I forget the exact timeline. Romance novel time. Yeah, it's like a week days. probably. Let's just go with that. Sure, I like that. <laughs> it can be a week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so a lot of the people around are sort of going a teensy bit insane. Like, it's one of those events where, like, the religious folks, no matter what religion it is, they're like, it's the coming of the They're, like, ascribing meaning to it. Definitely. Depending on what they're... Yeah, it's a very, like... It's kind of like Y2K. If Mm. you guys... I hope that all of your listeners are old enough to remember, oh, no, 
Many are some, not. some of them are very definitely not, but we are, so okay. you're okay. Well, hey, kids, in the year 2000, some people got a little crazy about the fact that it was going to be the year 2000. They weren't sure whether the computers would understand that, like, time kept going and we weren't going back in time. And somehow that would mess with, like, the electronic money and electricity and stuff. Like, but yeah. that's my understanding of Y2K. Fall from the sky. I don't oh, yeah. remember what it we was, thought was going to happen, but it, it was going to be know. over. Everything was going to be over. Anyway, <laughs> so, okay. Now, this is the way the first section ends. It's not the first chapter, but it's the first section from Vess's perspective. Because he's like, oh my gosh, like, Halley's Comet. Everybody thinks it's going to be the end of the world. And Vess looks at him and he says, it's not. And in his inner monologue, it says he knew because the end of the world was supposed to be eight years ago, and it had been Vess's purpose to help bring it about. Oh. And so, and that's all you know. And so, my my actual note is okay in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> and so now we switch to the perspective of a man called Sebastian. He is a human man, and he is. A librarian, everyone. <laughs> I am a librarian. <laughs> yeah. All the library jokes in this book, I love so much. I, I loved like, it. I used to work in a library and just like mm-hmm. every single one of them, when there's a part in the first chapter where Vesper is like, I think to get this guy to stop talking to me, I'm going to start talking about how important it is to have the proper margin width. <laughs> When you bind books. Yes, he's a, the he's proper a margin width and rebinding books. And it works like a charm. And it's, uh-huh. The guy's just the like, I have jokes. a newspaper now. <laughs> and he leaves him alone for the rest of the trip. Okay, so we're sitting at the table and we've got Sebastian. He's an archivist. And then they're sitting with three other people. Irene, she's a librarian. She like works at the front desk. Mortimer is like one of the, he's like a rich dude from one of the founding families. And then Arthur, who has been Sebastian's very close friend for a long time. He is in charge of like, you know, one section of the library. And it's a little bit awkward because Mortimer keeps on talking about, like, his flashy money and the restaurant he's going to and stuff. And Arthur lost everything in, like, a crash of 1907, it says. And so he's, like, sort of penniless. And everybody's been, like, nice about it. But Mortimer's just, like, I don't know, oblivious, really. So anyway, they're sitting there and Sebastian's like, Kelly is gone. Like, Kelly disappeared and they're like no kelly o'neill did not disappear he sent in a resignation letter and he's like but he wouldn't have done and so he's trying to talk about his friend who was the old like binder slash conservationist and apparently he fucked off without warning and sent in a resignation letter a typed resignation letter by mail And Sebastian's the only one who finds this to be incredibly weird. And everybody else is like, let him live his life, dude. Jeez. So now we get our meet cute. Tell me. So the next day. Yeah, Roxy. Okay, so I think that Vesper goes to his job interview with uh, Mr. Quinn, the head librarian. He is a meet cute before. They meet on the steps. So he comes up. That's right. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes up the steps and this beautiful man, like he immediately is like, oh, God, that is a hot Mm -hmm. man. 
and I kind of don't know what to do yeah. with myself. This is Vess. Yeah, he gets Vess, real awkward real fast. Yeah, it's adorable. Adorable. <laughs> because Sebastian's like blonde and he's got these wire framed glasses and he's tall. He's a little bit taller than Vesper. And he's got this like very stern scowl on his face. And so he's like, oh, are you here for the bookbinding situation? And he's like, yes, I'm here to interview with Mr. Quinn. And he's like, hmm, well, I'll take you back there. And Vesper is very like, okay, dude, like, <laughs> I don't know what kind of bee got in your bonnet, but like, I'm just going to interview. So he does an interview with the head librarian. And he is this incredibly eccentric dude who does take knuckle bones out of his desk <laughs> drawer, toss them on the desk and say, are we sure it's this guy? Like, this is the guy you want to hire? All interviews must be conducted like this from now on. I know. I will only accept a job if knuckle bones are involved. Right. He like tosses them on the desk and is like, dude, are you sure? Erasmus, are you okay? And then he's like, I guess. All right, you got yeah. the job. All right, man, oh, you're hired. At the very least, am I listener, the if you're hiring someone, I need you to play this out. Just like, try it. You can be totally normal in the rest of the interview. Yes. And then just when the moment comes, you oh. just do it with zero explanation. <laughs> no, and he, he basically does it with zero explanation. Like, at one point, he says, oh, this is, um, these were my predecessors. But... Vez doesn't know if he's talking about, like, maybe bones, question mark, or, like, the other thing that came out of the bag, or, like, the bag itself. Like, <laughs> ah! There's also a skull so on his desk. Yes. Of unclear provenance. There's just, like, a leering skull mm -hmm. that just sits yes. there all the time. Yep. And, like, a blood-covered dictionary on a plinth behind him. Yes. So he gets the job on a trial period, and the library is not open to the public. Okay. No, it's a museum library. The museum in Wittershins is the Ladysmith Museum that has, you know, museum shit. Right. There's a bunch of like Egyptian stuff that they probably stole from Egypt because it was the early 1900s. And there's like crocodiles in jars and there might be dinosaur bones. I don't remember. And just like mm -hmm. some Old animals, shit. some things stolen from other people. <laughs> but the library is like only for the museum. And the university. And yes, the and Wittershins University, right? Right. So the library is like half the museum. And is this the part where we learn about like the the builder and the architect of the library? Yes, it is. Yes, it okay. is. Okay, so this <gasps> the library and the museum were built by an architect named, was it Alexander Dromgul? Yeah, Dromgul. Which mm -hmm. is a whole ass name. Excellent names in this. Excellent Man, names. I'm getting big Douglas good. Adams vibes from these names. Ooh, like yeah. this. Yeah. And the story is that like Dromgul was a weird guy to begin with, but like when he was designing and building this library, he was also slowly going mad for reasons mm -hmm. that maybe we'll learn later. Yeah. And so the library is like literally a labyrinth and like none of the spaces make any sense and it's really easy to get lost. It's basically the H.H. Holmes Hotel. That murder yes. hotel from from Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's a huge literal labyrinth full of books who like sometimes start conversations with people. Oh, yeah. So he is worried and nobody's like being very kind to him. He sees a bunch of the other like co-workers or whatever, and everybody's being pretty cold. And then Quinn asks Sebastian to give him a tour 
around the the library. And so as they're going around, we find out that Sebastian is like particularly angry about Vez and his whole deal because his mom used to be the bookbinder. She used to be like the conservationist at that museum. And she really Mm -hmm. wanted him to become the next conservationist because it's sort of been passed down in his family. Oh, his job? Yeah. Well, no. So... It's sort of been passed down in his family since the Civil War. And he was like, Mom, I really, I like, don't care. Sebastian does not care about margin width at all. No. He doesn't want to sew books back together, Mom. He just doesn't want to. (laughs) (laughs) So he's like, no, but I do still want to, like, do library times. And so Kelly was her protege. Yeah. And, like, they sort of all got to know each other really well. So now Kelly has disappeared in this very nefarious manner, and nobody's paying attention to him about it. And now they've brought in an outsider. And Ah. everybody is fucking pissed about the outsider-ness of it all, because Wittershins is very insular. Okay. I mean, it's understandable because, like, shit has gone down there, and there are -hmm. are things that Wittershinians know that nobody else does, but still, right? So... Now he finds out that the library is a labyrinth and like he's taking him. Oh, my God. One of my favorite things about this, like one of my favorite through jokes is that Sebastian will explain something in a very normal way about the library. He'll be like, oh, "Oh, yeah, we have the flower room and the the lion room and the gore room and the the bat room and the bat room. And he's like, didn't the Boston Library organize things like that? And he's like, no. And then Sebastian will go, huh interesting weird and then he'll like go on his way one of the things that happens that he's like well i have to show you the bat room so he takes him and he walks into a room that has trees that have been like somehow planted in this dark ass room and then there are actual living bats up in the like the rafters and the trees and shit and so he's like i'm sorry what? And there's like a fountain in the middle. And he's like, I don't understand this library. Like this, the moisture is bad for the books. Like bat shit. What's happening right now? <laughs> and he's like, Mr. Quinn brought them in because bats eat insects. And so the interns. <laughs> perfectly reasonable. Right. And he's like, didn't the Boston Library have bats? And he's like, no. He's like, oh, all right. Well, cool. Also, he's been told by the head librarian that nobody has ever stolen a book from the library because they are protected by curses. <laughs> and he's like, okay. I feel like librarians should just start saying that anyway. Right? No, I know. Absolutely. For right? sure. I would like to see the numbers on that. If you mm-hmm. start saying they're cursed, I bet people bring them back. Yeah. I mean, there are old books with like curses written in them that say like, mm. if you steal this, then you're teeth will turn into worms or whatever. Yeah. No word on how well they work. Fair enough. (laughs) I'm not going to try it, certainly. I don't need to be the evidence of the fact that they do work. And while they're down there, he looks over and he sees like an original copy of like a super dark magic book. And he's Hmm. like, holy shit, my mom would have done actual murder to get her hands on that book. And, like, my grandfather did actual murder in order to get, like, pieces of a book like that and, like, put them all together. Hmm. So Sebastian notices that he sees the book, and he's like, hey, what are you looking at? Anything interesting? 
anything over there that like you recognize or anything and he's like what uh no i just thought you know it's the cool types of books over there and so they're both wondering if the other understands like the Mm. um like the knowledge of the arcane basically and like whether the other one is a sorcerer so they're playing like sorcerer chicken and nobody's moving (laughs) do we know if they're not moving like do we know if they are like is sebastian no we don't know a fucking thing. That's one of the bonkers okay. things about this book is that the whole time we get like these little tiny breadcrumbs about like, for example, what the fuck? What's his name is? Vez. Like, what are you, mm. Vez? And you, you don't find out until like 60% into the book minimum. And it's hmm. so and when and when it happened, I have to tell you exactly what happened in my living room because it was <laughs> a little dramatic. So... <laughs> Yeah, the whole time you're sort of like, okay, I get it. It's a metaphor. And it's not a metaphor, you guys. No, or like I was sitting there being like, he's a werewolf. Like, cool, man. It's not that. So, all right. So we find out, like, one of the through lines throughout the whole book that we sort of need to condense is that Sebastian is going to do an investigation about Kelly's disappearance. Okay. And so he, like, goes to his apartment complex and finds out that the neighbor heard, like, weird bumpings happening in the middle of the night. And then she went out there, like, pregnant out to here. And there were goons, like, moving boxes out of Kelly's house. And she's like, hey, what's going on there? And they're like, you're not going to ask questions if you know what's good for you. Oh, very suspicious. Yeah, they're they're threatening a pregnant woman. And everyone is just like, I don't know, dude, he moved. What's the big yeah. deal? What do you want? Yeah. OK, so now a little bit of backstory. The world did almost end in 1902, and it's like very Vampire Diaries because it did happen in the small town in which we are situated, okay? Everything always happens in Mystic Falls or whatever it's called, but it happened in Wittershins. So in 1902, a metric fuck ton of like cultists and monsters and stuff all convened in Wittershins to like make the end of the world happen. And the and it says the librarians were on the front lines of saving humanity. And it's fucking brilliant. As they always As are, are damn it. Right? <laughs> no, for real. Like, uh... But Sebastian wasn't there because for some reason his leg was broken and he was in Boston. We get no more information on that. I have a feeling it's in an older book or something. So you're right. <laughs> All right. So now <laughs> Roxy Vez... knows because she read 15 read in a so row. <laughs> Ew, indeed. Okay. So now Vez is starting to put stuff together and he's like, hold on. I got the bookbinder job because the bookbinder disappeared. What if. The guy who made sure I got this interview made the old bookbinder disappear because Vez is not there just for a job. Mm. Okay. He's there. Do you want to tell him? Nefarious purposes. Yeah. 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 He's there because someone found him and his brother Noct, which is short for Nocturne. Oh. And has promised to lift the curse of, like, lift their monstrous curse in return for getting a map of the Ladysmith's library. Mm -hmm. And so his Hmm. purpose there is he needs to make a map of this labyrinth library before Haley's Comet happens. In a week. Okay. 
Yeah. And so if that happens, then the dude bro who hired him and who also has knocked right now, because he was like, no worries. I'll give him like the like I've got bunk beds. We're going to put on movies. It'll be great. And Vesper was like, "Okay, like there's not really much else I can do with knocked because unlike Vesper, knocked can't pass. In, As human is in like society. So he's with the guy who hired him and he's like, hold on. What if this is worse than I thought it was? Like, I thought maybe he needed a, a map to like steal books or something. But like, I wasn't going to have anything to do with the theft. You know, I'm just getting a curse lifted over here. Everything's fine. And now he's getting worried. He's also like, I thought I was making a map of a regular library, not literally a maze library. There's like oh. literally not a single right he angle. He did not understand the scope of the work. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He was like, I'll be out of here in like 16 hours. We're good to go. Not true. So now he gets to the bookbinder's office and ugh, the way they described this office, like it's it's true goals. Like there, it's all windows and beautiful. Listen, we can't get into it. However, there's a note on his desk that says, Leave if you know what's good for you. Oh. Typewritten. So no handwriting. And then Sebastian shows up and he's like, hey, I've got this really fucked up book. All right. And like it's a diary. And so it is of like the highest importance. And there's a scholar who's waiting for it. So like maybe you got to do it quick. And like, you know, thank you in advance. And so Vess is standing there and he's like, oh, this is the motherfucker who wrote that note. Cool sauce. And and then he's like, oh, it says something truly devastating when you find out the full scope. It said Vez's life had been a series of tests and he had failed every single one of them. But this was something he could do. And so he's just like, challenge accepted. I'm going to sew your book right up. It's so sweet. OK, he's like, I'm going to fi- I'm going to bind the shit out of this book. Yeah. <laughs> So now he's like down trying to map this hotel and he does get attacked by a spirit a tiny bit. He hears like binder like in his ear and he's like, where where could that have come from? There are no other beings in this place. And he's like, "Okay, well, I am very tough. I'm like the scariest thing in the room all the time. But I do think I don't have to do this at night. So. Bye. <laughs> and like he leaves. He's like, I'm going to tell myself that I'm not scared. It's just like silly for me to do it at night. And it's really cute. OK, no. so now oh, now we get our actual meet cute because Sebastian is walking home. He's like getting on a trolley, one of those old timey trolleys that I'm sure was beautiful. And then he gets chased by these two goons. And so he's running for his life. He's like rabbiting through alleyways and stuff, trying to lose these bastards. And then boom, he does run into a body that does not move. And then he looks up and it is Vesper. Yeah. <laughs> and so Vesper's like, Mr. Wrath, what are what is happening? And and Sebastian's like, two guys following me, help! Like, ah! And so he pushes him, like, into the shadows, and he walks right out there, and he's just like, hey, bros, what's going on with you? What's your business out here? <laughs> and as he's having this conversation in which he knows that the goons know that he's lying about mm. not seeing a man run by, he can feel 
like tingles going down his back and his vision is expanding and he like feels the threat coming off of them and he knows that like he can take care of them if he needs to but they very rightly decide that that's not efficient you know not an efficient use of their time and so they leave and he's like oh man that was a thing i shouldn't have done the worst thing i can do right now is to out myself as the monstrous Mm. being that i am especially for some fuck who hates my guts it's very like why did i do that yeah is it the sexy archivist Uh. was it be was it because feelings oh pants feelings Mm -hmm. okay so he makes a crack about sebastian like understanding what it's like to piss people off all the time like this shouldn't have been new for you and sebastian's like actually i'm normally a really nice guy (laughs) And, and he's like oh yeah so it's just my face that you hate and he says, no, no, it's not. It's just actually a very nice face, he says. And it's very cute. And then he asks him out for drinks because he wants to explain why he's been such an absolute shit. And Vesper's never gone out to drinks before. He's like oh. read about bars, but he can't socialize with people. He can't touch people. He can't do anything for fear that he will out himself in some way. So he looks at him and he says, I don't know much about the establishments nearby, so I will follow you, sir. And I think that section ends with him being like, what harm could one drink do? (laughs) It's so nice. They get drinks and like make a bunch of eyes at each other for a while. It's very cute. Yes, it's so cute. Oh, my God. At drinks, Sebastian tells him like about the investigation of Kelly Yes. And they're trying to figure out, like, what these goons want with him. And it's so cute because Sebastian says, well, I mean, look at me. If they were thieves, I'm not tempting. And Vesper has this whole, like, inner meltdown because he said the word tempting in relation to himself. And he gets a big old boner right at the table (laughs) because he's like, oh, God, you are tempting. And he, like, really starts short-circuiting. And then by the end of it... Vesper's like, okay, we should figure this out. I'm going to join the investigation. And Sebastian's very taken aback because he's like, I've been so mean to you. Why would you offer to help me? I don't understand. And Vess is like, I don't super understand. Like, just don't ask questions. Let's not. (laughs) Don't make me think about it. We don't need reasons. It's fine. Do you do you remember what Sebastian like the way he thought about drinks the next day? Because I almost died. He's like at the library, and it's when he says like he notices Vez noticing him, and like he can feel Vez's attraction, and he like basically thinks to himself like yeah, if given the opportunity, I will definitely take my chance on this one and uh, show him. Everything I can do, basically. <laughs> it's like in like a I have powers way? No, in a like with my mouth on your dick kind of way. Yes. Oh, yeah. excellent. It's really I like cute. a man who's confident in his skills. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It talks about how Sebastian like goes to bathhouses and he's always had distanced relationships. Like mostly it's hookups and stuff. Yeah. Sebastian's had mm. a lot of like casual encounters. Yeah. Okay. 
So now they're going hunting through the bindery, Vez's office. And they're trying to figure out what they should do next, basically. And they're thinking Kelly might have left some sort of clue before mm-hmm. he did get nefariously disappeared. Wait, was the note on the desk? Do we know who wrote the note on no. the desk? Like, no. did, Okay. Oh, but actually, we so, don't find out until way later, right? No, but at drinks, he's like, so can you tell me, like, why you're threatening me with notes at work? And Sebastian okay, is like... Okay, I wonder if it come up. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry, it did. And oh, Sebastian's yeah, right. like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he's like, well, if you didn't threaten me, like, who would? You're the only one who's been an outright dick to me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and Sebastian feels a little bit bad. He's like, oh, no, I was so mean. <laughs> he thinks I would threaten him. It's so not like me. It's so cute. Okay. So now Sebastian notices that Vez is looking at his lips and he's like, I would love to hit my knees and show him what I can do with my mouth, but I don't want to scare him away. This is a slow burn, but it like burns your face off. It's so hot the whole time. Yes. Okay. So they go through some drawers and they find Mm. some shit that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So they they like find an oath in a secret drawer that's got the signatures of all the former binders on it. And Sebastian is like, well, yeah, like that's the librarian oath. Don't all librarians sign oaths? And, and but Vesper's also, like, no. No. Um, he's like, didn't also, you sign an oath at the Boston Library? He's like, the Boston no. Public Library. <laughs> but this one's a little bit more specific yes. because it's like the binders are going to protect against necromancers and other specific spooky things. Yes. And Vesper looks at it and he's like, that's blood. That's written in blood. Those names are kind like, of are you sure? And Vesper's like, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Vez is like, I've seen enough signatures in blood that, like, I know. (laughs) Yeah! The Boston Public Library is wild. That's that's hardcore. (laughs) Yeah. No, cult times were rough, Jenny. All right. So then he's like, you didn't sign this thing. And he's like, no, I didn't sign it. And, like, I'm going to try to avoid it at all costs because I do try to keep my signature out of blood as much as possible. (laughs) Just as a rule. Yeah. It's a policy. Right. And Sebastian's like, oh, my God, my mom, my mom's name is on here. And I had no idea. Like, there's this whole section of his mom's life that he has no idea about. And... There's also some trauma there that Roxy and I did forget to tell you. We and really listener. did, didn't we? Whoopsie. No, oops. His mom is dead. Am I going to punish um, you? Not quite, but you may later. So his mom time. is dead because uh, he like lived with his mom up until her death, maybe five years ago before yeah. the story. And they worked together and lived together. And one day he stayed late at work and she went home. And when he got there, like the whole house was on fire. And it was oh, snowing, no. and he like, like relives his trauma a couple in, times. So he like hot. that it was too hot, and he could oh. like hear her screaming, but like couldn't. No, and the fireman mom, like, couldn't go in. Died in a horrible house fire. Oh, that's horrifying. It's really bad. Yeah, yeah. And so they talk several times because later on, spoiler alert, they find like Kelly's journals, mm-hmm. and. Kelly's like, I wonder if, like, she died so suddenly. I know she didn't tell me everything. I wonder if she told Sebastian. And then Sebastian realizes that, like, maybe he and Kelly were only friends because Kelly was trying to figure out what he knew. 
And mm-hmm. he's a little bit, there's like a pang there, you know? Yes. But also, wait, so the other signatures on the thing are kind of important because they're, yeah, it's, okay. it's Kelly O'Neill, a guy who disappeared, mm-hmm. and Sebastian's mom, and then her uncle, someone or other, Hallowell. And yes. then Nathaniel Ladysmith, who is like the builder of the museum and like a guy with a bunch of money. So it's weird that he like was the bookbinder. Yeah. Like, that he like mm. made a whole museum and like should have been the director and then was like, nah, now nah, I'm going to bind some books. I'm going to be a lowly conservationist. It's fine. I'll just be here. Right. Yeah. So now, now this, Roxy, I kind of need to process with you a tiny bit. Because Vez, like, sees the signatures in blood and he's, like, heard that whispery voice. And, like, we know that he knows that the supernatural exists, right? Mm. And then he sort of looks at Sebastian and is like, hmm, shrug emoji. Like, I don't know, man. (laughs) This is... I think this is weird, too. But, like, it, it, like, doesn't phase him at all. You know? Yeah. Like, neither of them are at all... They're both just like some oaths and blood, like, and they're kind of eyeing each other. You can tell they're eyeing each other up, being like, uh, so are you, are you freaked out at all? Yeah, and like, both what does like, this mean no, this to is, you? This seems normal, right? Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> it's, we're all fine here. And then they find a key that Kelly left for Sebastian specifically, but they have yes. no idea what the key goes to. Oh, it's not very helpful. Yeah. So now, like, Vez is trying to map more of the library, and he hears, like, binder, and then he's, like, actually attacked. Like, books are flying at him. It's bad news bears, and he is like, I don't really know what to do about this, and I don't understand why there's a super pissed off spirit, and, like, what is going on at this library? And so now they decide to go, like, look at the landlady's house and stuff. They break in, and Vez has to do, like, supernatural physical feats. And he sort of has to, like, jazz hands around Sebastian (laughs) to make sure he doesn't see him doing it. It's really cute. Yeah, he's like, Sebastian, go be a lookout over there where you can't see what I'm about to do. And Sebastian's just like, over here? And the next thing you know, like, they're all up a wall. Oh, this sounds... I I sent one of my small chaos gremlins the other day. I was like, go ask Dada for a long stand. (laughs) And my husband didn't get it. He was like, I don't... And she came back like two seconds later and I was like, a longer stand than that. (laughs) What's a stand? I don't get it. Get her to stand there for a long time. Uh A long stand. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's rough when they don't pick up on your cues, you know? Well, since you guys didn't get it either, I guess he's forgiven, but (laughs) it might be a British thing. My grandma was a teacher and she used to send kids to another teacher's class and that's what they would say to each other to like give the secret cue. But anyway. That's cute. It might be a British thing. All right. Okay, so listen, long story short, Sebastian does a very sexy lockpick and then they look through the landlady's house to be like, what does she know about Kelly? And then jiggle, 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 there are goons at the door and the goons come in and so they run into a wardrobe, okay? And Vez has been like turning mirrors around the whole time and he's like, "Uh, oh, we're going into a room that has a mirror and there's nothing I can do about it, but they get into the wardrobe. And then they're standing next to each other and it says like he can feel Sebastian's arm and his shoulder and his thigh like pressed up against it's his side. It's a very small wardrobe. It's a very small wardrobe. As and it, it should really be. Really cozy. Oh my gosh. 
If you're going to have a wardrobe in a romance, it better be fucking small. Yeah. And so it says, like, Vez was acutely aware of Sebastian beside him, and he didn't get, like, very much touch as a kid, at least not touch that wasn't disciplinary and painful. Mm. He had a bad bad childhood. Yeah. And so he's like, I can't have any physical contact with other people because he doesn't want to be discovered. But it says his skin ached for more. And Jordan? That was a nice line. Okay. Great job. That was a really good line. Yeah. Uh, This book is full of them, but like that one just like grabbed me by the heart. His skin ached for more. (sighs) So they have to do a big beat down and Sebastian just sort of like running behind him being like, ah, ah, (laughs) as he he takes these goons out, which I thought was very cute. Yeah. Vess is like a tank and Sebastian has maybe like never hit anyone in his life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that dynamic. I mean, to be fair, Vez hasn't either, but he has had a lot of training in order to know how to hit mm. people. Yes. So on the trolley, Vez is feeling very protective of Sebastian. And he's becoming incredibly conflicted because at this point, it seems like a choice between his brother, who has been the only being on earth who's loved him and he has like loved in return. And it's only been like a beautiful relationship. And then the only person he's ever had as, like, a friend. He's never had a friend before. And so he knows that doing the thing to help his brother and himself is going to betray his friend. And he he's starting to, like, have really weird tummy feelings about it. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now we go to Bonnie's house because Sebastian lives with his sister. Do you have anything okay. to say about this? It's like, scene? who the fuck is Bonnie? Yeah. Sister. Bonnie, it. is this the one where her husband is home? It could be, sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's condense it. Let's just talk about everything about Bonnie. <laughs> so his sister, Bonnie, has five kids. They're all very cute. There's a baby. And when they get there, there's a man standing in the living room. And Bonnie is like, this is my husband. What is it? Pete? It can be Pete. Pete. He's been gone to sea for He's two years. He's been gone years. to sea for two years. And he's like... Holding a baby who is like clearly a, a couple old. months old. Like, <laughs> and like everyone and kind of does the math. He's yeah, so but pumped about it. He's just like beautiful baby and like do 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 do. And yeah, Vez does the math and he's like, mm, we just won't. We just won't yeah, acknowledge it. Vez is like, I have nothing to say about this, but yeah. I did notice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like he does hold a baby and then he like smiles at children and mm-hmm. he doesn't like he's very uncomfortable because he he had no encounters with children other than his brother for his entire life and like maybe never even met a child at the Boston Library. You know what I mean? Oh no. Yeah. And so he doesn't know what to do with himself. And the only time that he did have an encounter with children, it was when four youths came and like somehow found their very remote cult house and saw the boys in like their natural form. And so some of them ran away. One of them tried to attack the boys. And Vess had to save Noct and bring him home and protect him and everything. And then his mom got super, super mad because he didn't kill all four boys. And that is what he was born for. That's his whole job in the whole universe is to be the soldier. Kill people to protect his brother. Yeah. 
And so not only does she like go to the window and like do a chant and make a, a thunder crack and then she turns around and she's like, well, they're not going to take tails to anybody else. That's that's them taken care of. So she does murder I mean, four I boys. I kind of respect it a little like, bit. Like, listen, I, it's a competence <laughs> boner at the least. Um, not, I don't think I'm supposed to like no. it, but I'm like, oh, that's a mama bear move it's right there. It's not a morality boner. It is a competence boner, though. And so she and so then she does trigger warning for child abuse. She does beat the fuck out of him because he didn't mm. murder those boys to protect his brother. And that's like all he's good for. So it's just bad. And he's like, but now children are cool. And like, he's like watching them run around the house and be gregarious and talk back and and talk to each other over dinner and do all the things. And he's just like, oh, my God, is this what family is? I've never encountered a family before. (sighs) Also, it's not mama bear. It's like cult bear. Oh, like she not does so, not, not care so for either of her children. She no. just cares for okay. Yeah, it's not great. She's bad. We don't like yeah. her. Yeah. I stand corrected. So now they they like go up to his room after dinner to talk. And I was very like, ee, up to his room to talk. We find out that Bonnie has three husbands because they're so all sailors. Bonnie. So Wittershins is a part town. Yeah. And this was a great moment where I think Sebastian is like, oh, you know that incredibly common saying, a husband on every ship and a wife in every port? And Vesper's like, no, no dude. <laughs> That's not know. a common saying. And Jesus. Sebastian's like, oh. Well, she has three husbands because they're always at sea. And presumably each husband like has some other wives at other ports. And like it all is very sensible and works out pretty well. It's so cute I- because then she has the security of like, of like, well, love and then financial mm-hmm. support. And, you know, she has children with these men and everything. And they get the comfort of having a family when they get home. But they don't feel terrible about being away for like two years because they know other husbands are pinch hitting. And it's no. like awesome. So there's like this wonderful polyamory thing happening. It's very sensible. I like it. Yeah. 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 And so now they like get very close because they're supposed to look at letters or something. Mm-hmm. And... Vez like doesn't know what to do with himself because he's already done so much touching today and Mm. he's like not sure if he can keep control of his body and Sebastian says don't worry I won't ravish you and Vez is like I (laughs) you shouldn't say things like that and then Sebastian goes what are you offended by the fact that I like men and then Vez goes I you do and like he blushes fuchsia and he's just like and he short circuits again then he's like we have to work we have things to do to look at stuff gotta read these letters so cute (laughs) it was adorable yeah and so now they figure out that kelly has another house somewhere that probably has like intrigue clues yes that's probably what the key is to yeah so mm. now he's feeling extra conflicted because now he's like maybe having, you know, sexy feelings about Sebastian. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. the next day at the museum, he gets attacked in his office by a spirit. And like it's doing a tornado of books at him. And Sebastian walks in and the spirit like closes the door behind him. And Vez does not even blink. He just like launches himself across the room and tackles Sebastian so that he can like shelter him with his body. He gets pelted by books and he gets stabbed with an awl. 
mm-hmm. like a book knife situation. Yeah, it's so he gets stabbed in the yeah. But it like part, flies part. into the back of his thigh. Yeah. Oh. Incredible. That and does so not sound good. Yeah, so the flurry dies down and then he's like, Oh God, am on top of Sebastian sexy oh. penises. Oh no. And then he like flings himself off of him and he's like, ah. <laughs> And then Sebastian does a take care of him moment and he's like pulling out the all and stuff. Oh, it's very cute. <sighs> and so now he he looks at him and he's like, OK, this might sound like I'm absolutely crazy, but magic is real. Let's go to lunch. And <laughs> <laughs> so they go to lunch and Sebastian's like really trying to ease him into it. And Vez is like, I know. <laughs> and so he's like, wait, what? You know, like what? It's a very like, Sebastian's like, okay, are you sitting? Magic yeah. is real. And Vesper's like, I know that. Yeah, okay, bro. you know that. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, everybody in town knows that because we were attacked by a cult in 1902 who were trying to bring about the end of the world. And then the librarians had to do a beatdown on them. And he's like, holy shit. You know how I told you about the cult? I grew up, I did grow up in a cult. And he's like, yeah, I remember that. And he's like, I think that's the cult that attacked you guys. Because they were a cult that was like trying to bring on the end of the world. Yes. And then he tells Sebastian like all about growing up and about the abuse he endured and, you know, all this (sighs) stuff. And Sebastian grabs his hand like over the table. And then Vesper looks at it. And then he flips his hand over in order to, like, grab his hand back. And and it says, Sebastian, like, he de- he decides that everybody has let this man down and he's been grabbed by the heart and he will never be a person who lets Vesper down. Mm, that move is so cute. <gasps> oh, my God. The thing about this book is just so precious and I love it so much. Yeah. It's the sweetest. Oh my gosh. And then Sebastian says, I'm I'm really sorry that happened to you. And there's a beat. And then Vesper says, I think that's the first time anybody's ever said that to me. Oh. And then Sebastian says, well, then I'm really honored that you told me. And it's like they just they get they get so emotionally bonded. It's like, <laughs> and now we have to go and find out what's in Kelly's house. And we should okay. just like boil that down. What's in Kelly's house? Yeah. What's the outcome? A metric fuck ton of letters. That's okay. I was like, wait, what is it, Kelly's? <laughs> <laughs> I have already forgotten. It's just a shit ton no of letters, right? A metric fuck ton of letters. Yeah. Okay. And they realize like letters of significance. Yes. Or it's, okay. it's letters not yes. only that Lady Smith got, but also letters that Lady Smith wrote but never sent. Because we yes. find out that Lady Smith and architect who went mad were together and they were like life partners and this was their big dream work that they were building together and in the letter he's like i'm so sorry that like you went mad over this and like i'm hoping that someday you're gonna come Mm -hmm. back to me basically the letters are so because like you know from basically the beginning of the book that the architect never came back from the asylum he was sent to like he died there horribly and so like these letters from the museum guy to the architect are just like tore me into tiny pieces Mm -hmm. they're awful i mean they're like beautiful but also yeah Yeah. just like the dedication that these men had for each other they're so sweet gorgeous 
So listen, we also find Kelly's journals and Kelly's like, there are books that have souls in them and we have to find books because people are trying to let the souls out and stuff. And it's a whole lore thing with with yes. like witches and old timey witches. So there is crazy. the lore is there was a guy who was thought to be a New England vampire. OK, so yeah, like yeah, New yeah. England vampires are a little bit. There's like a specific vampire lore in New England that is like thought to be from tuberculosis, but basically like if a person died and then like more death kept happening often, or sometimes they would decide that person was a vampire and they would dig them up and take out their heart and burn it. And so that's what they did. Is this in the book or is this in real no, life? This is this in the is... book. Wait, it okay. might also it? be in real life? Oh, it's also in real Oh, okay. yeah, it's both. Oh, yeah, it's okay. both. Oh, yeah, no, it's both. Like, this actually happened. So they, this guy, was this Hallowell? Yeah, Hallowell? one of the Hallowells. Yes. Like, died for some reason. They decided he was a vampire. They dug him up, burned his heart. And this really made his four siblings big mad. For like, they went a little nutter butters. They got really, like, so, so mad. And the end result of all this was that they were necromancers. They decided to try some necromancy. Yeah, just a little I bit mean, of necromancy. It happens like, sometimes. Experimentation like, is fine. Yeah. You just get ideas. Except they do, like, go a little far and they become, like, maniacal. Let's take over the world, maybe. And they had to be, like, put down, sort of. Yes. They got killed and then someone else necromanced the necromancers and sort of turned the end result oh. of all this is that they were turned into like very spooky books, like yes. with great power. Oh. And so there's yeah. four books and it's, it's almost like a horcrux cool world building. Of. Yeah, yes. it's kind of like a horcrux. But, yeah, but they're like yeah. spirits trapped in these books. And then, like, what we find out later, later, but we just have to say it out loud, is that Sebastian loves puzzles, which I really like about him. (laughs) And as he's looking over the plans later, he realizes that the library, or yeah, the library itself is a giant puzzle made Mm. to trap these books and these souls. But there was, like, a renovation that did fuck things up a little bit. And so the spirits have been, like, talking and, you know, messing with the people around. Mm-hmm. To try and get out. And the Haley's Comet is when all their power is going to like coalesce and they can come back from the dead or something. So okay. that's the whole deal with the spirits. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. And the four books are they're breath, blood, bone, and flesh. Mm-hmm. And like each has like different spooky powers, probably. Is this somehow tied to the map that Vez is supposed to be making? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, because uh, Dude Bro wants the books and he wants to like, you know, uh, harness. He wants, what we find out is that Flaggerty. Fagerly? Fagerly. Yeah. Is um, (laughs) he wants to bind the book to him so that he can be like the most powerful sorcerer who ever sorcerered. Yes. Phenomenal cosmic power. Yeah, exactly. Living space. All right. So now they go back to Sebastian's house because, like, this is their new thing. Bonnie's like, when are you boys coming back for dinner? Love you. And they go up to the balcony on Sebastian in Sebastian's room to like drink scotch. And this is the first time Vez has ever had scotch, and which is very cute. Mm. And so they have this whole discussion, and there's this beautiful, soft moment where Sebastian is like just tipsy enough to be like, 
Well, the one good thing about all this bullshit is that if it hadn't happened, I wouldn't have met you. Mm. And then Vez, like, looks at him very meaningfully. And so Sebastian leans in and we get a first Mm. kiss Mm. where Vez is into it. They're kissing and kissing. And then Sebastian, like, gets very confused because all of a sudden Vez pulls back and freaks out. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I can't. I'm so sorry. I cannot do this. And then he literally runs for his life down the block. Like he hears the mm. front door, he hears like yeah. his bootsteps oh, down no. the Oh yeah, like stairs. front door slams, like watches Vesper like run out and down the block. Nuts. Oh, so no. Sebastian's like, I've ruined everything. Like <laughs> this guy could we could have been awesome friends. And then I had to get my dick involved. Like no. <laughs> Oh, it's so sad. So now they're both like, gads, it's gonna be real awkward at the library. And Sebastian tells Bonnie all about it, and Bonnie's like, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's still into you, but like, you know, whatever, you boys work it out, basically. (laughs) And Vez is now incredibly conflicted, because he, he basically is in love with Sebastian, doesn't know it, and he's like, doing all of this will completely betray Sebastian, but it's the only way to help my brother. But Mm. now he's also thinking, hold on a sec. I don't know if this fagerly guy is like on the up and up. Like, what's to stop him from just going back on his deal and not lifting the curse? Or like, can he even lift a curse hmm. at all? You know? <laughs> so he's like trying to figure this all out. And at the library, they get back to the library and they figure out there's like a mole in the library. And they think it's Mortimer because he finds Mortimer in his office. And then as they talk, like, they're throwing barbs back and forth because Mortimer wanted his cousin to have this job. And then he, like, you know, saunters off. And then, (laughs) then, Vez realizes that he, like, drinks the rest of his coffee and looks at the bottom and he's like, oh, fuck, that's a lot of arsenic. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) It's like the least subtle poisoning ever. I think there's, like, an inch of arsenic in the bottom of this coffee cup. (laughs) There's just, like, sludge at the bottom. And he's like, oh, my God, thank goodness I am a a we I'm a not human reader I'm not human and you're all sitting there going like what are you then (laughs) (laughs) okay okay but what is he what is he though we're about to get there okay so now tell me tell me I know so now he's like I need to just get knocked and fuck off and but I also don't want to leave Sebastian like for murderers, actual murderers. Mm. And then they see each other later and they're like and and Vez is like, hey, I'm really sorry about yesterday, like that super weird thing I did. And Sebastian's like, no, 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 I'm sorry for crossing a line. And it's they're like they like mend their friendship and it's super cute. And it's then so he's mature. like, I love it. <laughs> so mature. And then he's like, hey, Bonnie invited you to dinner tonight, too. You know, you've gone, you've come to dinner the past couple of nights and she invited you back. So, you know, whatever you want to do, really. And Vez is like, <laughs> I have hair to wash, probably. And then Sebastian's like, maybe come by after. I don't know. Listen, up to you. <laughs> so <laughs> we got to read some like, more letters. 
So yeah, just, you can stop work. by. It's fine. If you're not like, doing anything, if your hair is clean, oh, you could just. So cute. <laughs> so Bez is walking around like trying. He's like talking to the universe, basically being like, what do I do? Like, I can't I can't talk to Sebastian about it because he's the person I'm betraying. I don't know another person in the world. <laughs> Who would understand? And then he's like, you know what? In the morning, I'm going to go see Noct. And I'm going to talk to him about this. And I'm going to see if he's okay with not going ahead with the plan. And so that's his, that's his like, you know, thing going forward. But then he does start walking. And he seems to be walking in the direction of Sebastian's house. Meanwhile, there's a knock at the door. And Sebastian's like, eee! I'll get it and he like runs to the front door and he opens it up and he's like Vesper and instead it is a gun wielding goon Jenny there are two goons at the door and they're like not at Bonnie's house um, oh yeah full of five children plus Bonnie and one of her husbands so these goons come in and they're like you did Put your nose into things. And so we're going to find out what you know, and then we are going to murder you to death. And Pete, the the husband, is holding... He's like holding the, the tiny baby. baby. And the one ba- of the goons a- is like, baby. sir, I will shoot a baby. Yeah. Do you think I won't shoot a baby? I don't like I will shoot it. A baby. And then I don't like all it at of all. a fucking sudden, I'm just sitting on the couch while my kids watch Avatar The Last Airbender... And a tentacle, a black tentacle, comes through the window. A fucking tentacle? And grabs <laughs> the guy's hands and, like, breaks his wrist in half. And then <gasps> Vez Doc Ock's his way into the house <laughs> because he has eight tentacles that come out of his back on either Fuck, side of his yes, spine. He does. And he's got these gold goat eyes. And he is just fixing to fuck shit up and so he takes one of those guys in one of his other tentacles and he throws him into the wall so hard that he hits the like fireplace and there's like yeah there's like a head crack and like everybody knows it's over it's a bad sign and then he grabs the other goon with another tentacle and he flings him into the same wall and like there's a less dramatic sound and he like falls into a puddle on the floor And meanwhile, the parents have been like, kids, run, like, get out. And Vez is standing there and he's just like staring at the two bodies. And Sebastian's like, Vesper? (sighs) And Vesper looks at him and he goes, I, I'm so sorry. And then he just flies out the window. Like, curtains flutter. He's gone. Nobody knows what the fuck just happened. So then Bonnie is like, did you bring danger to my door? Like, that's her first thing. She's like, Sebastian, the fuck? (laughs) Why did you bring gun-wielding goons to my house? And he's like, it was a whoopsie, and it was an oversight, and I am sorry. He's like, look, library problems. (laughs) Yeah, hashtag library (laughs) problems, you know? And then they're like, where did Vesper go? And he realizes, like, it all crystallizes for him, and he says, I think he was afraid of us. And Bonnie's like... Oh, my God. Go get him. We need to bring him back to the house. Like, he's family. Also, not a small deal, but I would feel safer if he was here. (laughs) And her her husband Pete is like, they caught me off guard. I'm a strong man who can protect my family. (laughs) It's very cute. 
<laughs> so Sebastian thinks about it and he's like, I have no idea where the fuck this man would go. Like he just got to town. And then he's like, oh, no, I do. I do know where. And so he leaves the house and he goes to his boarding house and it clips to Vesper's perspective. And he's like sitting out there with his night vision eyes and tentacles just out being like, oh, my God, what happened? How did I fuck this up so badly? Like now I have to grab knocked and I have to leave and like mm, I don't really know what to do. And like I'm never going to see Sebastian again. And he did kiss me that one time. And then he sees that Sebastian is like in his room at the boarding house. And he's like, oh, my God, Sebastian is here to kill me. Like, oh, no, that doesn't seem like it's Sebastian. His only conclusion. Yeah. Yes. Because his mother, like, literally beat into him that he was a monster. And if he ever went around other human beings, they would be horrified and they would immediately try to kill him because he's a monster. Mm. And then that was sort of like backed up in his mind because of the four mm. boys. They did attack him. And mm -hmm. so he just, he's like, I have to hide for my whole life. And he's like, also, not for nothing, but like, I lied to him. No matter mm. what the reason was, I lied to him. I like went into his home and I held a baby that is related to him. And I like smiled at children and under this fraudulent premise that I'm not an actual nightmare monster. He'll never look at me the same way again. But then Sebastian does come out. And he's like, Vesper, are you up in that tree? <laughs> this, is, this is like my favorite part of the book. Tell it's me everything. So okay. Take it. So he like goes up to the tree and is like, hey, hey, Vess, are you up there? And Vesper's like, are you going to kill me? And Sebastian's like, what? What? <laughs> no. And then Vesper says, why not? And I think Sebastian says, the usual reasons I don't kill people. <laughs> and then he comes down. But I love the way he comes down. He comes down like with the tentacles. Yeah. Like he tentacle, he duck ox down. Yeah. And he's just like, fuck it. I'm not going to give him any ability to like rewrite what he saw earlier. He has to face what I actually am. Mm -hmm. If he's saying that like he wants to be pals with me. Oh, and he comes down. Oh, my God. Take it. Keep going. Then, I so, really okay. want to say that. I'm like, oh, it's so cute, but I'm really just waiting for tentacle sex. We'll get there, girl. Um, okay. <laughs> so then, what is it? Sebastian's like, well, it's because they don't kill people. And Vesper's like, but I'm not a people, am I? And mm -hmm. Sebastian gets really mad and is like, who the fuck told you that? Oh. And he defends him. He's like, you are not yeah. only a person, but you are a good person. Exactly. You, you like helped me after I was a total dickhole to you for no reason. And like, you have only been kind and generous and you protect the people you love. And like, you are all goodness. And that's just so. And, and Vesper like actually cannot comprehend it. And, mm -hmm. and oh, when we were back at the house, I'm so sorry. One of the little kids, one of the little girls, Helen, was like, I want to be like Vesper when I grow up. Oh. And so he's like, you need to come back to the house because Bonnie wants you there. And he's like, what? You want me around your children? And he's like, yeah, Helen wants to be you when she grows up. Oh. So, like, you do, like, need to be there. <laughs> oh. And so he's in a daze following him home and they hold hands the whole way. 
<laughs> and then when they get there, Bonnie's like, oh, good, you're here. Like, thank goodness. And so she's like, what What do you want to do? Like, do you want to sleep in this room or that room? Do you, like, want to stay up? What's What's your situation? And the husband's like, I am staying up as the man of the house. He can go to sleep wherever <laughs> he wants. And so they decide that he's going to sleep in Sebastian's room. And then Sebastian's supposed to sleep with the boys. Yes. Mm. And so they go up and he, like, gets him settled. So he's sitting there in the bedroom and he's just like, is this real life? Like, he cannot comprehend how these people are just embracing him, even though they've seen what he actually is. And then Sebastian comes back and he's like standing at the door and he says, hey, do you want to talk or do you want to just sleep? Like, you've had a really rough day. And Vesper thinks to himself, like... I was not the one held at gunpoint, and he's telling me that I had a rough day. Like, okay. It's so sweet. So then he's like, no, I think I I want you to stay. And Sebastian's just like, you're everything that's good in the world. And, like, I like you, and that hasn't changed. On the way home, Jenny, in his inner monologue in Sebastian's head, he's like, he'd never thought about non-human anatomy before, but now that it was... On Vesper. <laughs> Tentacles seem pretty hot. Which is the appropriate reaction. Yeah. After the Laurel K. Hamilton one where she's like, well, I can't do it. And now I'm like, good. No, this is not a thing. You're like, oh, intriguing. Well, no, but I and I, yeah. I think the reason that it was especially poignant here is because he's like, I've never been into it before. But anything on Vesper is sexy mm. because I really like Vesper. And oh, it's so nice. So then, huh. <laughs> Jenny, your dreams are going to come true. Yeah. Do you want to yeah, take yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, give, I feel like you're so much me. better at this than me because no, I'm just sort I'm of not. like, no, and then no, there was go. kissing. No. What happens? No, I think yes, give me the kissing. Sebastian like touches Vesper's shoulder and Vesper's entire body like freaks out. Like there's an erection and he like gets goosebumps everywhere. And Sebastian's like, are you cold? <laughs> and Vesper's like, no, I'm fine. And I think Sebastian is like, can I touch you some more? And then mm. they like kiss and it's very cute. Yeah. Or did I miss a part already? No, no, no. You no. But at some point, I don't know if it's before or after the kiss, he's like running his hands over the nodules oh, on yeah. his back. And then he says, you can relax. Like, yes. you don't have to mm. have the human front with me. And so he just, like, lets his tentacles unfurl. And he says it happens as naturally as, like, a man stretching his arms. And mm. his eyes go to, like, the gold goat situation. And he's like, can like, I touch? A tentacle, like, the tentacle, like, curls around his hand in a very, like, <gasps> it's, like, really sweet. It's so The tentacle, sweet. like, holds his hand. And he's like, this is really pretty. Mm. Yeah. And then they do start kissing. Mm-hmm. And so then Vesper's like, I think I need to see you naked. I I think that's what has to happen now. I've never done this before, but like that would be cool. So Sebastian's like, I kind of want to do a strip tease for him, but I'm a little too overcome. And he just like fumbles his shit off because he needs to be naked (laughs) as soon as possible. And then he's like, may I take off your pants? Because let's review, he did Doc Ock out of his, like, shirt and old-timey vest. Yes. And so his shit's shredded. So now they're both naked. And he does the cutest thing. Sebastian is so wonderful. And he takes everything at Vesper's pace from the conversation that they had right before this, like, to now. Mm. 
So he's like kissing down his torso and he's like, that's a nice prick, it says in the text. <laughs> um, it's very cute. And then he's like, I really want to put my mouth on that, but I do need to like make sure everything's okay. And so he's like, what would you like to do? And Vesper's like, okay, I've never like kissed. Like, I don't, I don't know, but I would like to keep continuing on like whatever trajectory this is, you know? And he's like, so like, what's on the menu? And so (laughs) Sebastian lays down next to him and they're facing each other. And he's like, well, I could suck your cock. Um, You could (laughs) fuck me. I could show you how good it feels to like rub cocks together. And Vesper goes, yeah, that one. That one sounds nice. Let's do that one. And so Sebastian, like, gets both of their cocks in his hand. And and, and Vesper goes, I'm not going to last. And Sebastian's like, don't worry. I'm not going anywhere. Oh, my God. And so... Vesper comes all over the place and then Sebastian like leans back and he's like looking. Oh, while this is happening, the lower tentacles come around and like grab onto his Mm. thighs and like pull him closer. And he oh, oh, and Sebastian during this was like, you can because he like put his hands on his hips and then Vesper like pulled back and he was like, you can grab me. And then he's like, you can actually use anything you want to grab me. And that's when the tentacles came around his thighs. Mm. Oh, it's so soft and sweet and beautiful. And then they have this big talk afterwards in bed. So does Sebastian know yet that, like, no. there's been a betrayal? No. Okay. No. So then in the morning, Vez wakes up and he's like, oh, my God, it wasn't a dream. I am with Sebastian Mm. right now. And he says that Sebastian's, like, pressed up against the front of his body. And Sebastian is holding one of his tentacles as if it is a teddy bear in front of him. Yeah. He's like snuggling with his tentacle. And Vez is like, okay, he seemed fine with it last night, but like, what if it startles him this morning? Like, I should get that out of his face before he wakes up. And so he tries to extricate the tentacle. And (laughs) Sebastian like grabs onto it more. And then he like starts doing a shimmy against his front. (laughs) He's like, good morning. And then (laughs) Vez is like, good morning. And then he says, ooh, this is a nice position to wake up with. Like, you could bugger me right now if you want. (gasps) And Vez is like very overcome. Like, he's very overwhelmed with all of this. And so he's just like, we have work. And like, I'd love to, but mm, I don't really know. We have to and your sister is like right downstairs. Sister, there are just <laughs> everyone is awake. Kids. Bonnie will know. <laughs> Actually, he says that. And then Sebastian's like, sweetheart, Bonnie knows I didn't sleep in the boys' room last night. Like, she knows. She also knows I kissed you. <laughs> Bonnie knows. We're very close. <laughs> so they come downstairs and the whole family is like, hey, and like the three year old little boy like toddles over and <laughs> attaches himself to Vesper's leg. Mm. And they have like family breakfast. And then it hits Vesper that like all of this is happening while knocked is being held hostage, basically, by a no. dude who's like definitely bad now. And he's sitting with a family who he's actively betraying. And so Hmm. he's just like, okay, I got to go. I'm going to try to find out some information from the guy who survived at the police station and stuff. And Sebastian's like, just tell him you work for the library. They'll let you in. 
And he's like, what? Why? The library? Like, why would that even help? And he's like, oh, we've had a long-standing alliance. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> there are no further so questions. Cute. I love it. Okay. So now I think we just got to motor through the end. So he goes and he talks to Noct and they have like this brother language that gets spelled out on the page where they say things to each other that seem totally innocuous, but they're communicating other things. And so Hmm. they like Noct figures out that like things are going bad and they need to abandon the plan. And that we also find out like what Noct looks like here. (gasps) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's important, right? Tell me everything. Yes. So, okay. Noct is like. I have a hard time imagining him sometimes, but he has like a human head and part of a human torso and one arm, but everything else is tentacles. Everything else is tentacles. Like one arm, some portion of human torso, unclear, tentacles, and also has horns, like small black horns. Yeah. So like basically the thing is that like knocked it cannot in any way like ever pass for human. Like he, he tentacle monster. Yeah. Like not even in like a baby Bjorn. You know, it's just not going to happen. And it's also like he doesn't specify how many tentacles. So I really think there might be like 50. I think there's a lot of tentacles. Like they're they're like really spindly and thin and like more like jellyfish. Yeah. But he can like get around more rather than like this is like an octopus. Although I don't think there's like suckers on his tentacles. No, there is because he can climb buildings and shit. But I thought that was with like oh, tentacle wrapping because they're not. Oh, that might just be wrapping. You're I right. don't. I really don't know. Like they never <gasps> mention suckers on the tentacles. You're right. I think I made a big giant assumption, huh? So like mm. I, I don't blame you because this is a question that I've had about this book for a long time now. Of me going back and rereading selections, yeah, and being like, but are there? I think they're just tentacles. Like I don't right. think they're suction cups. Well, because Sebastian's mm-hmm. in awe when he does like get a good look at them and touches them and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, they're not actually black. They're like a blue gold iridescent situation. Oh, fancy. They're very pretty. Yes. Okay. So then he's like, now I have to go tell the library that I am a terrible person. Now, Sebastian has a conversation with Arthur where he's like, we're pretty sure Mortimer is like the bad, like the big bad. So steer clear. And Arthur's like, oh, my God. OK, geez. And then they go into the head librarian's office and she yada yadas through the whole explanation. But basically, Vesper tells them every single detail. He even like shows his true form to the head librarian and stuff. He gets fired on the spot and Sebastian's like, Mm -hmm. I can't believe you lied to me. You betrayed me. Like, you've got to get the fuck out of here. And so he's been fired and broken up with. And he's just like, oh, no. So he's walking around despondently and he runs into Bonnie with her stroller. And she's like, hey, babe, what's going on with your face? You look really sad. And he's like, I did get fired and I don't think Sebastian and I are friends anymore. And she's like, okay, come to the house. We can't do this on the street. You just have to come to the house. And he's like, I really don't like Sebastian would hate that. And she's like, it's not Sebastian's house. And I like you. And you (laughs) saved us. Like, come to the house and we will talk it through. Bonnie is the fucking best. Bonnie's the tits. I love Bonnie. Yeah. Bonnie's the best. We all need a Bonnie. Yeah. And so he tells her everything. And Bonnie's response to this, because he's like, I did all of this because I can pass, but knocked has had to live up in the attic 
of houses and like it's so it's killing him slowly to be so close to society and yet have to be separated from it because everybody would like hate you and he's like i've i've been his only family since we ran away from the Aww. cult he has not been able to see another living being until this guy like saw him in the window and was like, are you a child of the Darkling or something? Like, we should join forces, question mark. <laughs> and so she's like, she immediately is just like, oh, God, bring him here. And he's like, what? And she's like, no, bring him here. We've got a spare bedroom. Yeah, we've got a spare bedroom. Bonnie is the champion of this He'll book. be part of the family. It'll be great. And then he's like, okay, but like, I can't be here because of Sebastian. But yeah, I will definitely bring Noct here so that he can have some semblance of a life because I've failed him in this way. So now they get a letter at the library and Sebastian has sent him this, or I'm sorry, Vez has sent him this thing that's like, hey, bros, Bonnie had this great idea to send him a false map. And so I have sent a false map over there and he's going to be there at roughly this time and like have the librarians ready to do battle and shit. I'm going to go at the same time and use that as a distraction so that I can save Noct. And then he tells Sebastian, I'll get the fuck out of town. I'll never see you again. I will never darken your doorstep. I understand your boundaries. We're good. So Sebastian sees all of that and he's like, oh, God. And like, you know, he gets his army ready or whatever. But then he goes back to his office and he gets one more letter. And it's the letter where Lady Smith is is writing to the architect again being like i've heard that now they have to strap you down to the bed and like i just remember how vibrant you were and this is where we learned that he went mad because he talked lady smith into allowing him to bind all four of the spirits to him in order to protect everyone else and that's what drove him mm. mad so Lady Smith's been trying to, like, you know, keep up their work and hoping that once he has the library completely built and, like, basically the tomb, the impenetrable tomb for these things, that he'll be free of that binding. And then Sebastian realizes that he knows that never happened and they never mm. got to be together again. And then he's like, I cannot, like, I cannot design that ending for myself. Like, mm. I know the reason that he did it. I understand that it was shitty, but I understand why he did it. And I could either forgive him and help him and decide to be happy, or I can hang on to my hurt and make everybody miserable and basically have these men's outcomes, but by my own hand, basically. So he decides that that's not going to happen, and he's going to be Indiana Jones with Vesper. <laughs> so now Bonnie's like tailoring his clothes so that his tentacles can come out without fucking everything up and like making him naked no. in public. It's so sweet. And as soon as Sebastian, like he sees him in the foyer and Vesper's like, oh, fuck, I'm so sorry. And like goes to leave immediately because, you know, Sebastian told him never, I never want to see you again. And then Sebastian stops him and he explains this, you know, epiphany that he had. And he's like, so not only am I going to help you save Noct, but I've got a plan. And like, we're going to do plans together. And it's Yay. so cute. So now it's a caper. 
We all know how I feel about a caper. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, they save Noct, and he finds out that Noct can do sorcery stuff. He, like, knocks out a goon. And then as they're coming out, they're like, okay, we're going to send Noct over here, but then we're going to go to the library. And Vesper says, I'm going to go to the library and help. And then Sebastian looks at him and he's like, even though you've been fired? And he's like, yeah, (laughs) even though, like, he probably would have gotten there anyway, but, like, I had a hand in helping him do this, no matter how ignorant I was. So, like, this is my responsibility. I'm going. Hmm. And they're like, how are we going to get there? And then a car engine, like, revs, like, on the corner. (laughs) And, like, the top's down and this very schmancy car pulls up and it's fucking Mortimer. Because he got super fired (laughs) earlier. They're like, you're a rat poisoner. They found rat poison in his desk. And so they're like, what are you doing here? Are you here to attack us? And he's like, no, I am here to clear my name. Thank you very much. I did not do this. I was very obviously framed. Get in. We're going to the library. (laughs) 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 So now it's like Ocean's Eleven in here, okay? And they get to the library. Listen, shit goes down. We find out that Arthur was the bad guy the whole time. Yes. Because Arthur has been broke for years and everybody's been humiliating him about his, you know, brokenness. And his wife has been, like, emasculating him and, you know, toxic masculinity Mm. just never will stop. So he started hearing these whispers in his ear about, like, the spirit getting him everything he wants or whatever. And so he's been working with her. (laughs) So now it's confrontation time. Right. What happens next? They they go in and like Flanagan's doing a, a hammer on the wall. Flanagan? That's Fl- not right. F- Finagle? It's, it's his name now. Yeah, it's Figurely. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they, they go find the room where Figurely is like beating through the wall. And I think Arthur, the bad guy, already has like the book. And this one is the book of breath. And it's real gross looking. There's like skin and a bone on it. Like and like skin is like a hyoid bone. No, it's a trachea. Yeah, there's a trachea down the spine. And, like, the thing that they notice is that the spine is, like, you know, book spines are bound. Like, this is bound with what looks like hair. So, like, Mm. that means you have to bind it. That's how you bind it to a person. You have to, like, put part of their body, like, bind it down the spine with this Mm -hmm. book. And... And Fagerty wanted to do that. He wanted to put his hair in there to bind it. Yeah, so, like, they have a hair of his, like, with Vesper, who also Mm -hmm. bought his emergency book binding kit. Luckily for us. He's so hot. (laughs) (laughs) Then, like, Arthur is doing sorcery with the book and, like, waking the book up. And it's Mm -hmm. going bad. Because there's, like, a tornado inside the small room because Mm -hmm. it's breath. And, like, it sort of wakes up this anciently dead sorceress who's full-on, like, Lovecraft terrifying. Terrifying. Like, thousands of voices Mm. from everywhere. And, like, her lungs are on the outside. A bunch of mouths and a set of lungs. And, like, oh, something we completely failed to mention is that, like, Vesper is immune to sorcery. Oh, yeah. Like, Nocturne is very magical, but, like, Vesper has no magic, but, like, also magic doesn't really work on him. And so he, Mm. like, grabs onto Sebastian and, like, helps Sebastian breathe better. And, oh, yeah, the the sorceress Irene comes in and, like, (gasps) distracts the lady with, like, by doing sorcery mm. and like that part's not really clear but like irene is pretty awesome and does some like very badass shit irene as, is so hot yeah as like sebastian and the book like exploded and they have to like put it back together like get all the signatures like in order <laughs> there's a book binding <laughs> emergency yes and the margins <laughs> must be perfect right of course mm. 
So then they put the book back together as like all the sorcery is happening. And then they're like, well, we have the hair from Figurely, but I think that that would just do what he wants. And that seems bad. So how do we bind the books to one of us? And Vesper's like, I don't know if it'll work if I do it because I don't have any magic. Like that might really fuck shit up. And so Sebastian is like, okay, I'll do it. And <gasps> warning for a gross no. thing. So he has to like take a, a needle with thread on it and like push it through his arm to like get his blood into uh. the thread because it needs to be like bound with part of a person's body to like bind this book. And so then as he does this, the lady in the book is talking to him and like, she's trying to figure out like what to offer him to get him to work for her. Mm. And she's like, I'll give you riches. I'll do this and that. Like, I'll give you power. And he's like, no. And then she says to Sebastian, like as Vesper's binding the book, she says, I'll make Vesper human and like not a monster. And Sebastian is just like, I love him the way he is. Fuck you. No. And it's, oh my God, you guys. It's the sweetest. Like, Sebastian gets so mad at this. And is like, no, I love him with the tentacles and all. And then, like, they bind the book and she goes away. And he defeats her via bookbinding magic. By, and like, love. having mm-hmm. some threads. And love. Always love. And, like, not needing the things that she's trying to tempt yeah. him. Right. And so then it's all over. And the bad guy, Arthur, is dead because she strangled him or something. And Irene is like, can I stop this now? And then she faints. (laughs) 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 And I think Vesper's like, so uh, you just said some stuff. And Sebastian's like, yeah, I meant it. Are we good? (laughs) And it's all very, very sweet. What happened to Kelly? He's dead. Oh, they find his body in the library. Like, he dead. Sorry, he's been dead. Oh. Yes. Yeah, Arthur killed him. Yeah, Arthur killed him and then, like, hid his body in his part of the library and covered it with, like, plaster and lime or something. It didn't sound like a good plan. Mm -hmm. I don't think Arthur (laughs) was very smart. (laughs) (laughs) Not very good with arsenic from the sounds of it either. Oh, my God. Dummy. Just a a pinch will do you, dude. (laughs) So then Noct and Vess, like, move in with Bonnie and her kids and Sebastian. Mm. And it's just, like... Also delightfully domestic and lovely, and both of them. Family, I know, and both of them are just like I've never had a regular family before. This is great and chaos and great. And Bonnie deserves help with the kids because Bonnie deserves nice things. Yeah, Bonnie deserves all the nice things. Everything good. It's a lot of kids. And I think at the end, Vesper like pricks his finger and signs the binder's oath in blood beneath all the other binders. Because he's going to do a big protect for the rest of his life. Yep. Yep. Mm. He's found his place. He knows his purpose. He has a purpose. And that's actually something he said earlier. He was like, the only thing I miss about the cult is like not having a purpose. It was terrible. And I hated Mm. it the whole time. But it was really nice to be a part of something bigger than myself. And so now he has that too. Mm. Oh my gosh. That was wonderful. It's so different from anything else. Yes. I love this book so much. It was like hot and fast paced and there were so many intricacies that were still fairly easy to follow, you know? Yeah. Like it's never confusing, but it is like very tightly plotted in a way that I'm Mm. always so impressed by books that have this sort of like super tight plotting Mm -hmm. and especially over multiple books because I can't plan dinner 
let no. alone like a book series. I feel so seen, Roxy. <laughs> I, pants, hardcore all the way. And like mm-hmm. sometimes accidentally stumble across something that makes it look like I've plotted a book. Rest assured <laughs> that I have not. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Who's got some aftercare? Yeah. Okay. So I have been just reading nothing but queer historicals and a couple like historicals that are straight and a couple of queer books that are not historical. But I think... The thing that I'm like has really been the best for me that I've read like 18 times that I keep accidentally rereading mm. is by KJ Charles and it's the mm-hmm. Society of Gentlemen series. Ooh. It's four books. The first one is like a short prequel that's not technically part of the series, but you should read it anyway if you're going to read the series because it's hot as fuck. It's called The Ruin of Gabriel Ashley. Ooh. And then the series Ooh. is Oh, a Fashionable Indulgence is like, that one's good. And then the second one is called A Seditious Affair. Ooh. And like, mm. that one is, you guys, it's so fucking good. It's set in like 1820. And it's about a commoner named Silas, who is the writer of seditious tracts in like late Regency England. Mm-hmm. And who's like carrying on a secret love affair with a Tory whose job is to like end sedition in England. <gasps> and there's like, a bunch of there's like some BDSM elements. You have to read it. It's so good. Wow, it's so good. And then really my favorite in the series is the last one called A Gentleman's Position, which is about like a lord and his valet. Ooh. It's like the whole thing is so good. I'm medium obsessed with it. I will happily talk about it all day long. Nice. Um, KJ <laughs> yes. Charles, Society of Gentlemen. If any of that appeal to you, you should read it. Awesome. That's great. Mine is also yeah. a comfort read. I got to read <laughs> I got to read Morning Glory Milking Farm for the third time because <laughs> I <laughs> recorded a podcast today with Sarah Wendell for my other project. And it it just reminded me like how cozy and wonderful that book is and like how layered it is like it has such good commentary on not just like sex work but also just labor in general and uh, oh it's just like they're just so goddamn mature the whole time it's really nice yeah <sighs> morning glory milking farm still everybody still haven't read plus that. minotaur hand jobs okay <laughs> i've never read a hand job yeah. that's that hot <laughs> there we go there. All right, what about you, Jenny? Mine is Wicked Beauty by Katie oh. Roberts. It is just because I want to be cunty and rub yes. it in that I have it and you mm-hmm. don't. Um, not you specifically, no, I know. collective I know. you. Um, <laughs> it is the third book in the Dark Olympus series, and it is Helen, Patroclus, and Achilles in an MMF. Ah. And the book opens and somebody has to be the new Ares because she has these, like, titles that some are inherited. And so it's like there's going to be a competition for who the new Ares is going to be. And so we open with, like, Helen is going to compete to be the new Ares. Like, this is how she's going to have a place in the world instead of just being, like, an ornament, Mm -hmm. essentially. And so she's been training, and she's ready to go. And, like, she sits on the stage, and her brother is the new Zeus. And her brother, like, announces the competition, and everybody's ready for it and whatever. And he throws in there that the other prize is that whoever the new Ares is marries (gasps) Helen. That it. Oh, 
So, like, stakes just got crazy. Like, either she's going to be the new Aries or she has to marry the new <gasps> Aries. And then we cut to the POV and Patroclus and Achilles are already together. Yeah. And they're, like, scheming so that Achilles can be the new Ares and Patroclus is like the schemer smart one who's going to like help him to win the competition and there's like history between Patroclus and Helen from like childhood and it just (gasps) oh it's hot (gasps) and there's tension and it is just and like competition and it's everything that you want in a book Uh. and I think it's out in June so (gasps) order it if you haven't yet because you deserve nice things listener you do and there is like <laughs> almost nothing nicer than a katie robert dark olympus book <laughs> no yes. i yeah. can't think of a single so. thing in this moment <laughs> yeah and i have to so my first roxy noir mm-hmm. book oh, i can't um, wait for this was recently like we talked about like going down rabbit holes and whatever and it was one of those like twitter sells you a romance like they say twitter doesn't sell books but it totally does because i saw somebody tweeting about like a forest ranger <laughs> as a romance character and i was like a forest ranger you mm-hmm. say hmm like what is the title? And then I read that one that night, which I had looked up the title of, and now oh, I was that have was it, it Levi's book? Would it be That's Break, Break the, the Rules? Rules? Yeah, that's Levi yeah. Lovelace's book. And it sort of drops you. That's not the first in the series, but of course, from that one, I don't think so. Anyway, I could tell who the other couples yeah. were. So then I like jumped off into the other couples and just went down the list of Roxy. <gasps> noir backlist adventure Um, what a good adventure that one is like it's like a forest ranger and like at the beginning she's not an outdoors person and she's driving in her car and there's a storm and like a tree falls in front and like or like a power line (gasps) and it's all like danger and she doesn't know what to do and the fucking forest ranger kind of strides out and saves her but like she can't get out so she has to go back and stay at his forest ranger house but oh no it's her brother's best friend oh shut your mouth roxy and there's a dog and then like oh no a tree falls through the window and where are they gonna <gasps> sleep and it's just fucking delicious Ooh, that sounds so, yeah. so fun oh my gosh yeah. that one is usually the favorite of the series interesting like not of everyone a lot of people yeah. also like hmm. the first one and the fourth one Mm, uh, nice. But the I think the forest ranger is how I keep hooking people because it's such a unique yeah. hook that I'm like, uh, yeah. but have you read I forest, love forest ranger? ranger. There needs to be more forest rangers. In happily. Audience. Like, God, happily. Yeah. I go, like, camping and hiking. I'm one of those, like, outdoorsy types. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, forest rangers are hot. hot. They, like, know what they're doing yeah. in the wild. Yes. It's yeah. great. Do you want to talk about what's coming next or is that going to fuck that you up? That was actually a pretty good intro because I'm like working on a new series now. I'm like finishing up the first book in it. And the first book is the brother from Break the Rules. Ooh. Um, oh. The like the brother, June's older brother, who they like can't tell about their relationship for reasons. And like yeah, Levi's yeah. like childhood lifelong best friend. It's his book. Um, which is coming in Doesn't, May. He's like a veteran, yeah. maybe has PTSD. Yeah, he has Am I remembering that right? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yay. Yeah, like that's I what's mean, coming it's not next. awesome that he has PTSD, but he's such a good character because he is like protective of his sister. And it's yeah. I love Silas. He has like big golden retriever energy. 
I love a and golden like a, retriever. I love Silas and his like overly cheerful. It's Who is a, his love interest? Yeah. He's not in the first series at all. Her name's Kat. She's very grumpy and he he's oh. very sunshine. Ooh. And they have to fake date to like get revenge on her ex-fiance. Love it. Oh, I, like make revenge him, fake dating? It's revenge yes, fake dating, yeah. It's really fun to write. Oh. That is yeah. so awesome no i and i think that's why i fell in love with you as an author because i can just like feel the love of romance (laughs) like those little gems where it's like oh no like not only does she have forest proximity and she has to stay at his cabin and he's a forest ranger and like they grew up together but it's her brother's best friend and then like Ah, yeah just the the compound the tropes yes i do love to compound a trope that's that's so great. It's fun to like make things work together, especially it's like a puzzle box with mm-hmm. a, a mm-hmm. spooky book in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sebastian's favorite. What a delight. <laughs> Yay. Where can they find you if online? People want to, yeah. Uh, I have a website, which is RoxyNoirNoir.com. The first book in the Loveless series is free on like every Ooh. platform you can find, yeah. probably. That's great. It's called Enemies with Benefits. So Enemies with Benefits is like the one good title I've come up with in my whole entire life because I'm terrible at titles. But Enemies with Benefits is great because I don't even have to explain what it is. Two people. It's a damn good title. Who don't like each other. Bang a bunch. Yes. (laughs) And eventually fall in love after they bang enough. Yay. Yay. Thank you for listening. Next week, you have to tune in so you can hear Jenny and Nisha Sharma blow my ever-loving mind talking about The Initiation by Nikki Sloan. It's the first book in her Filthy Rich American series, and the video in the temple will be extra good because I think I spent most of the episode with my jaw on the floor. It's a must-listen. If you liked what you just heard, leave us a rating and review wherever you listen. I have a big giant goal of getting to 500 reviews on Apple Podcasts by the end of 2022. So you know what? Steal your dad's phone and rate us from there as well. Great plan, right? His algorithm will thank you. If you're curious about other ways to support the show or you're hankering for more Jenny and Mel silliness, check out our Patreon equivalent, The Temple of Defiant Joy, on our website. Don't worry, it's linked in the show notes for your convenience. When you join, you get the final episode of each month, videos of regular episodes, some tiers include our Bonkers Book Club, and so much more. It's serious bang for your buck. Follow us everywhere on social media. We're at Bonkers Romance, and we especially love what our adminitar is doing over on TikTok. Now, go enjoy your next Bonkers read, and remember, if your royal romance needs some extra oomph, throw in a coup. We love a coup.